what's up everyone we're back with another episode here at 10 90 a.m humanity gang yeah what are we talking about today alex we are talking about cultural appropriation that's right we are talking about how people try to take some shit and act like it's their own and they had nothing to do with the beginning processes of how it was made. So I think we've all pretty much been in or heard some sort of discussion about appropriating culture. Um, Some people know that you shouldn't do this and they try to avoid it. Some people love to do it. Some people don't even know that they're doing it because they don't know what it is. Um, so we wanted to start with the definition of this. Mm-hmm. So according to dictionary.com, they say cultural appropriation is the unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of the customs, practices, ideas, etc., of one people or society by members of another and typically more dominant people of society. So let's break it down. Yes, yes. I think cultural appropriation goes into many things, but but I think one of the main things that I see it pop up in as far as our everyday lives is the media. Uh, (laughs) Paul Mooney has this joke where he talks about uh, the movie The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh, Tom Cruise, The Last Samurai. You got Brad Pitt starring in a movie called The Mexican. How about I make a movie called The Last Negro on Earth starring Tom Hanks? (laughs) And I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Um, We see it all the time. What was that movie? The Great Wall. There's a movie called The Great Wall. It starred Matt Damon. How the fuck is Matt Damon in China in the 1700s? So not in the 1700s. <laughs> yeah, small fuckers in the fighting behind the Great Wall. All and he's the only white dude, and the rest of his co-actors uh, are all Asian. And 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 then he comes and saves the day, which is an, another cultural appropriation thing of the European having to come and save the day. A very uh, well-known narrative. Right, right. Oh, Even th- to be exact. Yeah, I mean, you go back far as far back as Tarzan. Fuck it, you yeah. drop this white dude in the jungle. He's with a whole bunch of gorillas, and all of a sudden, he's the king of the jungle. And niggas been living there for thousands of years, but this fool's the king of the jungle. Come on, man. You want to talk about cultural appropriation? That shit is everywhere. As time goes by, you even start to see appropriation of the shit that you grew up on. Speedy Gonzalez. Oh my gosh. Speedy. Yes. Andale, Andale, Reba. That's all that motherfucker said. I don't even remember him having any further dialect. And they just had to make him like, you know, the stereotypical with the mustache and the hat. He wears a poncho, runs really fast. Right, right. (laughs) like you know come on man it's a commodity to me 
um, that's kind of appropriation is um, black pain being shown in movies. Yes. I think that is a commodity that's kind of being culturally appropriate. You're having white directors, and I mean, some may be sincere, but I think some just want to bank off of the pain of the black experience. There's no white director, producer, or anything that can tell me about my own experiences. Exactly. I mean, I, I look at the, what was it, the scary movie mm-hmm. with the Waynes brothers. The first two were good because they were done by the Waynes brothers. They were done by two black actors who got black um, sense of humors and could connect with black audiences in this way. And then you have scary movie three, four, five, six, however many they made. And I guarantee you, I don't know the exact credentials, but I can almost guarantee you that those directors were white because the jokes weren't the same. It was a lot of cornball, like Adam Sandler type goofs and jokes in it. It didn't have the same punch. And that's why, you know, and this is just an example, but that's why those movies didn't do as good as the original two. Those are things that have to be told by the people that experience them. Uh, it's hard to appropriate the experience when you haven't lived a day in those shoes. Oh, look, she's pulled. Oh, yep, David Zucker. That's the dude who did the other scary movies. White dude. The Waynes brothers went on to do a movie called right. White Chicks. Right. <laughs> yes. So that's the irony in the conversation. These dudes that I was using as an example as far as their movies and how their movies fell off because they were no longer the head of because it was talking about the experience or the humor, per se, of Black people. These same people went on to make a movie about white people. And I think, like, come to mind, this is the only thing I can think of as far as, like, a spoof on white people. Exactly. And that's I mean, can you think of anything? Much. No, I can't. Not off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like nobody's trying to appropriate um, anything as far as like white history. Uh, nobody's trying to go out and be a Viking. Nobody's trying to go out and be a Celtic. Those things are not things people are trying to do. Um, but when it comes to us, it's not a known or collective secret amongst white people. But like, I think that deep down inside that they know how dope we were when we were running shit. I'm just saying, because, you know, in Egypt, we used to walk around with gold. I think I read in some history book that Egypt had so much gold, they used to give that shit to the peasants, to the poor. Even the poor and the peasants had gold. Same with the Aztecs. We used to have these precious metals. We used to, you know, have fun and, and you know, have our customs, our dances, all these different things. And what do you see in today's media? You see people with rhythmic dances and rocking gold and all these things that, you know, like you said, when we were first colonized, they were frowned upon. But 
but now all of, all of a sudden they're it's the shit now mm-hmm. so i mean they know where this came from but they choose to like redefine it and uh, like you say oh try to make it like rename it so we can claim it nah everybody right right, everybody knows where this came from and if you do the research if you do your googles (laughs) it's not it's not too far away from the the clicks you got to read as far as articles shit two three articles lead you down the rabbit hole and you'll really find out where this shit came from don't go on reddit yeah, don't please don't. <laughs> don't go. Fucking yeah, don't, don't go on 4chan, 8chan. No, but I'm glad you brought up like all that, you know, the the rhythmic dancing and all the ceremonies and all the traditional sacred activities that used to take place on this planet. Right. But I love how you stress sacred. Yeah, they are. They're, <laughs> They're sacred. Then, Yes, absolutely. Because now, you know, what's been so mainstream lately is using plants and herbs, right, for cleansing purposes. Like people are now just going out to the store and buying sage bundles and other sacred herbs that are mm-hmm. used in sacred ceremonies for, you know, very specific reasons. Like it takes these indigenous people years to learn how to do these ceremonies rituals the correct way and people are just going to fucking urban outfitters and like buying sage and then they just come home and cleansing my space like do you even know the history behind that do you even know if you're doing it correctly do you even know the violence that you know these people have endured to be able to continue to grow this sacred herb and you're just doing it like it's something to fucking put on your instagram story like you know mm-hmm. that's the shit that pisses me off and then to top it off like they buy it off of white people like white people now have shops and people buy books to learn how to align their chakras from white people people go and learn <laughs> how to do yoga from white people people go and learn how to meditate from white people why are you giving white people your money to teach you something that does not belong to them why why sway i'm sorry i ain't got the answers man i ain't got the answers That's the but but you know and um you got to get them to care because i feel like they could you could teach them all that and they still wouldn't care I feel like who are I you feel like that, like white folks. Oh, white folks. They got you know they got to care because I wish they cared about appropriation and giving the proper people their their credit for inventing things the same way that they care so much about the ocean. I'm like the same way they care about stealing it. <laughs> right, right, right. Being honest, <laughs> right. In order to grow as a culture and in order for things to be unified in this thing that we call the melting pot of America, you have to give people their credit. You have to, because it's almost like being in the house with kids and the kid finishes his homework 
And the older brother helped. And when mom comes home, oh, did you do this all by yourself? I sure did. And then the older brother's like, what the fuck? That's the way I feel the other cultures feel when their shit is appropriated. It's No one likes when someone takes their idea and doesn't give them credit, right? America is a cousin of Britain, right? So when America was first made, a lot of the stuff that America did, Britain didn't like because it felt like, hey, you're ripping us off. Mm -hmm. That shit did not come from you. It came from us. You're just sampling it and making it your own. But it did come from us. And, you know, part of that is why America and Britain went to war in a sense. So America itself knows the injustice of cultural appropriation because they went to fucking war over it. The United States. Right. But even before that, like they had already, I guess back then they weren't really appropriating indigenous culture, but they had already wiped out their culture. Like they had made their culture taboo. I think the cultural appropriation as as American, as American pie and slavery, that's what that's what America does. It yeah. takes shit that's not it, not his or hers, and it. Oh, I came up with this, or this is mine. Mm-hmm. Nah. And they just take the good shit, then they leave the bad shit behind, and they keep piling on to it. One, two, three. It's a whole thing about cocaine in the '90s and the '80s, mm-hmm. and how you know they were putting away niggas for life, 25 and all sorts of crazy numbers, just giving it to black and brown people, locking us up in the system. And then here comes the 2000s, the 2010s. All of a sudden we have an opioid crisis. And now they want to put them in rehab and we don't want to put them in jail. They're, They're victims. They can't help it. They population right biggest opioid population is white, of course. Um, but again, appropriation and appropriation in a more legal way because appropriation we kind of were defining in the beginning of the podcast more of a a cultural thing, but it goes beyond culture, it it dives into laws and uh, customs and all sorts of things. So that's what. Yeah, it's interconnected. So, um, psychedelics, right? Mm. The Native Americans, the indigenous people of all areas of the world, not just even here and yes, North America, um, in America as a whole, they've been doing psychedelics for years, right? That was one of their ceremonies, one of their rituals, one of their ways of healing, um, and again, that was something that was banned. It was criminalized. It was taboo, like, don't do it. And now what do we have recently? A bunch of white scientists studying mm-hmm. these things because now they realize, oh, these drugs are actually medicinal. They're, you know, they're, they're helping. It goes so fucking deep. It's like, Brad, do you all have any fucking ideas? <laughs> right, right. The, the, the natives... The indigenous people, 
they all had an idea of what they were doing because they had been doing it for thousands of years. When we got here and we started recording our our history or really their history, Mm -hmm. um, they only knew what they recently had discovered. They only knew so much. Mm -hmm. Everything was relatively new to them. But for the people that they had discovered, this shit might have been a thousand years old. And you're just now coming over here and learning. We knew one of the things that uh, Mike Tyson be talking about all the time is ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he, you know, had demons and he had all these inner workings inside Mm -hmm. of him. And he went and took ayahuasca and it just cured him. Yeah. Cured him of all his insecurities, all his self-defamations, all, all everything negative within himself, he felt like he got rid of. Yeah, no more, uh, what do you call it, addictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more self-doubt, selfless, no ego, no pride. Like, this drug had literally wiped all that away from him. I was saying earlier, like so many people on social media are like buying these things from white people teaching us things that is, are not theirs to teach. You, no one fucking gave you the right to teach this. And it's the same thing with science and, you know, all this research. Who's teaching us now about these psychedelics? These white scientists that have no right. connection to this, no cultural connection at all. What makes them fit to teach this? Like the fucking people that you should want to learn from are the people who are part of this culture who have been have knowledge passed down from years, like centuries ago. Swear, man, that the Chinese had it figured out. If you have you have you ever seen uh, what is it, the Bruce Lee story? Yes. Yes. So you remember when the Asian homies got mad at Bruce Lee? Because he was teaching white folks how to do kung fu and shit, right? They they knew. They knew as soon as we started teaching these white folks karate and shit, they're going to put it all in their movies. Mm They're going to make people like Chuck Norris Mm -hmm. and and fucking uh, Jason Statham and all this kind of shit. Um, They're going to appropriate it. And that's exactly what they did. And I think back to that movie and those scenes and I'm like, damn, like the Chinese homies might have been right. (laughs) They might have been right. They might have been right in telling Bruce, like, nah, don't teach them. You can't share everything (laughs) with them. You can't because then they fucking take bits and pieces. You know, they dissect it. They take what they like and they go recreate it. Like, fuck that. Then you don't practice something that... My people have been doing for years, just however the fuck you feel like it. <laughs> like, no, bye. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Um, but even all these practices that we're speaking about, I feel like, what do they have in common? They all correlate with a high emotional intelligence, right? All of these traditions we're talking about, you mentioned Kung Fu, Um you know, we talked earlier about meditation, yoga, like chakras. Um, we're talking about psychedelics. We're talking about ritual ceremonies, dance, all of that. It brings joy into our lives, right? It's like play for us. It's something that, you know, we do with intention. All of those things are part of 
being emotionally intelligent, like you don't do those types of activities unless you are emotionally intelligent, unless you're seeking for some meaning out there to better yourself, to heal, to learn, to be one with everything, right? That's what these people believed. Like they didn't believe in a fucking God in religion. They believed in multiple gods. They believed that we were all fucking one. The land meets the ocean. Everything touches at one point. Yeah, I mean, even to touch on what you're saying, just the gods and uh, religions, I mean... Right, religion is what? Culturally appropriated... Appropriation, that's exactly <laughs> like, what Fuck! I recently learned, um, I think either within this year or the last year, that the first time that Jesus Christ had been depicted with Eurocentric features was when Michelangelo started drawing the Sistine Chapel. Of course. Uh, the Pope at the time told uh, Michelangelo to make sure that the Jesus that he drew reflected those around him. And so the actual model for Jesus Christ in the Sistine Chapel, and even go beyond till to this day, is actually a relative of Michelangelo's. I think it's his brother. But everything prior had him looking either black or Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked Jewish. about it. Was, wasn't he what? Jewish? Yes, yeah. he was Jewish. He was the Israelite. Mm-hmm. And Israelites at that time, I mean, even, <laughs> I mean, this is probably going to piss some people off, but yes. I mean... You know, the Jewish people that you see nowadays that, you know, to me, that's not really Jewish because if Jesus was Jewish living back then, at that time, Palestine, Africa, those were dark skinned people. Yeah. So at some point, yeah, you get the, you know, Russian Jewish person or the Orthodox Jewish person of what, you know, that descent. But the original Jewish person, I would believe to be a a lot darker than the Jewish person that we see today. Definitely. That's cultural appropriation. You've took you've totally taken over like a whole ethnicity. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said, like like I said, that's probably going to make some people mad, ruffle some feathers. But I mean, okay, Jesus is Jewish and he had hair of wool. I I don't really know any people who are um, identifying themselves as Jewish today who have hair of wool. Um, I feel like cultural appropriation just goes hand in hand with violence. You're getting to do something that we get pulled over and might fucking lose our lives for it. But you get to do that shit freely. So it still does cause, you know, there's some sort of violence behind it. Like we're talking about the religion, it's culturally appropriated. The fucking churches, right? What was the violence behind that? They came and literally snatched everyone and would like... Better love Jesus. Yes, made them like lose their traditional language, made them lose so much. Like all of that is, it's violence. Learn this Jesus, Indian, or I'm going to skin you alive. Yes. Fucked up. Right. right? Even, I mean, even to the slaves, like, they weren't Christian. No, not at all. Would make them go to church. Like, that was the one thing they got to do, right? I mean, they even appropriated the Bible by right. taking out 
certain stories, they would take out the story of Moses and let my people go and all that shit. That way the slaves didn't get any ideas of, hey, you better not rebel. It's never going to cross their mind that, hey, let's fucking <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> like, fucking but shit I, that they yeah. go through to keep things from us. And like I said, we are emotionally intelligent beings. We are fucking spiritual beings. Like, you can't keep shit from us. We feel it. it I think it's an, an, what do you call it? Inherent in our genetics. Mm-hmm. I think genetically in a person of color, there's something that tells you this is for me. I really do believe that. I really do believe that. It's the uh, energy. Energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred or transformed, right? Right. That's, that's why we feel shit. Like, literally, we just follow our intuition throughout life and we're good. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do believe that just our cultural intuitions, mm-hmm. whether they be a couple of years old or reconnected, uh, you know, when, when the blacks came over here, we were disconnected from our culture. Mm-hmm. But through our no- new culture, we were sort of reconnected. You know, our ancestors used to dance and do uh, have tribal customs and stuff. And we still do that to this day. I mean, you go down to New Orleans and you go to the Mardi Gras and you go to what is it the, when they have the second lines and things of that sort. Like that's all African, all African centric. Yep. And those were the customs that they kept that they probably hid in secret. Mm hmm. But something that we took over um, from the motherland and we protected and it's such a grand, adios, important thing to us that we've kept it generations, passed it on. Yeah. And that's a beautiful fucking thing. Like no matter, you know, knowing that, like sometimes I get really down about all this shit because it's like, fuck, like we're saying like, what do these people not take? Like, what did they fucking come up with? Literally mm-hmm. every day you find something about, you know, this is racist too. This is racist too. I think we've talked about that before too. And it's like, fuck, what isn't like racist? It mm-hmm. kind of brings you down sometimes. But that part, the part that no matter after all their fucking attempts, all the evil shit they've done, like our people are still fucking here and they still have joy and they still, you know, there might be some hidden customs out there, but they'll come to light when they need to. We haven't lost our culture completely, right? We right. have like a very beautiful culture and we are fucking resilient people. Like when I think about that, it's like, damn, I can't even be sad over this shit. Like that's some powerful ass shit. It is. It is. It definitely is. And it makes you appreciate the culture that you do have and the customs that you have. It makes you appreciate them more because the little bit of ones that, yeah, you cherish them because you never know like when that custom might get lost or if you'll have any customs within the next three or four generations of your family. So it's important to hold on to those things and cherish them and pass them down and teach your children how important those things are, because that's what establishes, that's what establishes family and culture. Definitely. That's how, you know, we change the, 
the generational cycle. It's like, okay, we're learning so many beautiful things about our culture, things that just got hidden because maybe our grandparents or parents, they were forced to hide it. I know there's a lot of Latinos that don't speak Spanish and sometimes you hear them say like, oh, you know, nobody taught me or, well, my parents, they didn't, my grandparents didn't teach them. So then they didn't teach me. Like it kind of, some of that goes back generations. Mm -hmm. And it's so, you hear them say like, oh, I hate, like, why didn't they teach me? Like they kind of blame them. And it's like, did you ever think like maybe they were forced into not speaking those languages? You know, now, like as you grow older and you start to hear, like learn the history, you're like, oh shit, like over here blaming them. And it's like, they couldn't teach me like, yeah yeah grandpa used to get his ass beat because he spoke spanish right to survive you have to hide yourself yeah teach your language and learn your indigenous language connect a lot of people are doing that yeah yeah get in touch with where you come from yeah you have to because if you don't know who you are how do you know what you're going to become exactly you have to (laughs) the history right so it doesn't repeat itself um, right. So be better. You got to learn so you can grow all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and as cliche as it sounds, the shit is true though. Yeah. And like we we're saying like cherish these traditions. Don't just share them with fucking anyone. Right. <laughs> like not everyone deserves to know them. Hold on to them. Make sure when you are researching, you're researching, you're learning from people who share people who practice, who actually have knowledge about these customs and beliefs i think the biggest cultural appropriation i mean we've been talking about a lot of stuff but i think the biggest thing for me it just dawned on me in my head hip-hop oh yes hip-hop all hip-hop culturally appropriated to the point where, Everything. you know, it's just includes, shit now. <laughs> yes. And that even includes, right, like the black body. Right, right. The black body. Uh, women used to be sideshow attractions, mm-hmm. African women specifically. Um, circus sideshows. Look at the freak. Look how big her thighs are. Look how big her chest is and then how skinny her waist is. And now that is the prototype body of attraction. Bitches show up to plastic surgeons with the picture of Nicki Minaj, with the picture of Beyonce, with the right. of Rihanna, with the picture of whatever fucking beautiful black woman is out there. Like, make it look like this. Yeah, cut me open and shove <laughs> my stomach in my ass and... Give me a waist trainer and make my lips hella big, look like they're swollen. Right, I they mean, all the features that they've demonized for years. It's for years. Wild. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, too, when I was a kid growing up, the baddest chick on the planet was Pamela Anderson Lee. Big old titties, no ass. <laughs> skinny white girl bitches used to fucking have hella eating disorders trying to look like these damn skinny white bitches right and right like, you know and it went, from that to, right, it went from that to like right all that shit you were trying to avoid in the beginning we like that now so go ahead and do a full 180 you can start eating now you don't have to be bulimic 
you you can you can feed yourself now. <laughs> you can eat the the chicken and waffles and get a little thickness on you. It's okay now. We've been telling you the opposite for the past 20, 30 years, but right. Even the hairstyles, yeah. braids, right? Mm-hmm. What? What are braids? Where did they come from? Well, I mean, came from Africa, like ob- obvious. <laughs> you know, it's a protective hairstyle. First of all, mm-hmm. who else would need a protective hairstyle? <laughs> your shit don't even lock. You want braids, but your hair doesn't lock. Like right, right. And right. and in order to even get it to lock, you need to permit, do all this special shit to your hair. Braids are from Africa. It it was a cultural thing. It was practiced culturally, right? The women mm-hmm. do each other's hair to bond to. That like, even goes on to this day. You go to the the beauty shop. Mm-hmm. They're braiding hair, talking shit, just like they used to do back in the day. Realization activity, right? Mm-hmm. It's such a big part of the culture. Like, how dare white people just decide, oh, it's fucking cool now, and I'm going to rock these cornrows. Like, you look fucking ridiculous. Don't <laughs> do that shit. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, but you know what, Andrea? I have to say things have gotten a little better just in the sense of things you know it used to be appropriate to do blackface right oh gosh yes and now if there is any sort of blackfacing or what is perceived to be blackface they take that shit instantly off whether it be i I was reading a thing where the wws the the wrestling thing Mm-hmm. They had like an old episode where a wrestler had came out in blackface. And this is like 1992. And back then, nobody found anything of it. Right. But because of the day we're in now, you can't do that shit. So they erased that shit from the library. Their archives or whatever, they Gone. that shit no longer exists <laughs> in the hall of wrestling or wherever they have it stored. So, I mean... It's not where we want it to be, but at least it's not that blatant or that just out in the open. I think we, I do agree with all that. I do think we do have to be careful with that idea how, you know, oh, it's so much better because now it's not out in the open. It's like just because they're not as open about it doesn't mean they don't still have those beliefs about a whole group of other people and everything we talk about is how we see those beliefs and every little thing they do you know we still have to keep addressing this shit like we have to keep Mm -hmm. it out and letting them know like that's unacceptable like that's making me feel uncomfortable don't do that shit yeah yeah and it always shows its face no matter how much they try to conceal or act like oh that's not it 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 shows its face It, it comes to the surface as far as what the true intent or what the true feeling is behind a specific thing dealing with people of color. So it's going to happen no matter what Uh, you're, what is it? Um, Maya Angelou said, when people show you who they are, believe them. Yeah. um, People will, you don't have to do too much for people to show you who they really are. All you have to do is hang around them enough and and they'll, (laughs) and be aware and i guarantee you they will tell you who they are Mm -hmm. they might not verbally say it directly to you but through their actions and 
the things that they do, the things that they say, you'll know who you're dealing with. So stay uh, aware, call shit out. <laughs> if you yeah. got if you gotta fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> if you gotta get into some smoke, fuck it. Oh man. How that bitch don't have box braids and not give my people credit? Nah, bitch. White girl has braids. Just put return to sender. <laughs> you did not come up with that shit, please. It does not look natural on you. The the dialect, the ebonics, the again, that was something that was so fucking frowned upon. And look, you know, you were looked down on if you were heard communicating in that manner. And now all the white people be talking like that. Yeah, uh, even the cops. What's up, bro? Like, man, look, like, stop talking. You can talk to me in your normal Steve voice. Just talk to me like you usually do everybody. Don't come up to me and, hey, broski, and all that kind of shit. That shit gets on my nerves. But, you know, people do that. People do that shit because they think that when you come and talk to a person of color, that that's the way you're supposed to greet them or interact with them. And it's just like, bro, like, I'm literally five seconds away from slapping the shit out of you. You're being weird, bro. You're being weird. Um, and the irony, right? Like, right. we have to put on a white voice and use a certain type of vocabulary for our survival to be accepted. Like, y'all just do it. Because you guys want to live dangerously and fucking... Oh, I want to think, I want to be outside the box. So instead of saying, hey, Alex, I'll say bro ham. Right. Like how many people (laughs) have you heard like, oh, I love black people. They'll say anything. Right. Can you expand on that, ma'am? Can you tell us why we'll just say anything and how that is interpreted to you? We're not your fucking entertainment. We just say facts. (laughs) We say whatever the (laughs) fuck is going on. Like, I'm sorry you think that's crazy because you're so used to lying. (laughs) Tyler, Tyler, we know you don't talk like that. Talk like your regular self, man. Like, talk how you normally talk. Like, nobody's going to think any less of you or what have you. When you start talking that jive bullshit and trying to act like you're from the projects and shit, like, no, bro, don't do it. You know, I mean, even the even the word nigga, man. Oh like, my gosh, we can go on and on about that. But I'm just saying, like, can black people have one thing? Exactly. Can black people have, like, one thing? Nigga, it's mine. You have everything else in right. this world. You have fucking the me. banks, the the housing, the, the land, the resource or whatever. And this one word. Why can't I say it? Why can't I? Because you're not black, motherfucker. I'm black. I can say nigga whenever I want. That is my birthright. (laughs) Of respect. Like, you just really cannot respect people's boundaries. Again, why are we having this whole cultural appropriation topic? Because they cannot accept, they cannot respect other people's cultural boundaries. Mm Like, don't fucking question shit. If a black person is telling you, do not say this word, it offends me or whatever the fuck the reason is. Like, it's not your word to say. Just don't say it. Like, that's not your culture. Just right. move on with your life. There's no why. Why can't I say it? But what if all my homies are black? What if I grew up in the hood? What if? Like, I don't give a fuck. Don't say it. 
Yeah, it's that thing of I I think for white people where they have to be included. Right. They've never heard no, right? They've, they've heard they've excluded. never heard no. Right. They've right. only done the excluding. So then they feel, wait, I can't do something. What? I don't right. know what to do with this. Where am I? Am I on Mars? <laughs> what the fuck? Straight up. It puts them in a weird space. They've never been put in that situation. So they, they don't know how to react. Being excluded. They sure as fuck. And I think that's why I love to exclude the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed a member when my fucking ancestors weren't allowed on their own land bye right right weren't allowed to pray to their own gods weren't allowed to harvest their own jungles right. and foods and resources exactly. that they knew how to do so fucking well like right wildfires. right now you want to learn about natural fire control well what can we do to help or what can we do to make amends well for the next 500 years, <laughs> you could just exclude yourself from anything that I partake in. That's pretty much, you know, what you can do. Shit, all right, cool. Um, give me all your land. Go pick cotton in the field. You go work uh, in the fields. I, I know what you would really hate. I'm going a, I'm to a take this Quran and I'm going to force feed you this motherfucking Quran. And I'm going to give it to your people and rip out parts of it that I don't want you to read. I'm going to make your ass pray three times to the East every day, even though you have no idea why you're doing it or what have you. I'm going to do that shit to you. You know, I'm going to rape your women and have kids with them and act like they're not mine. And when they get treated like shit, just act like, you know, I could just dismiss them and stuff like that. Like, you know, that would make amends. That would make us square. But even then, like... You know, you want to talk about being square. Right. You right. know, the, the difference. Even after you've done all that shit to us, we still... We still don't want to do that to you. Being, yeah, because I'm not fucked up like you. <laughs> black people have been um, mistreated for 400 years. There's no black KKK. They have every right to have one. Then they have every fucking right to have one. They don't. You know, and they don't have one. So to me, that's a testament to the character of black people. Mm-hmm. All this shit that's been done to them, and they've never tried to get even. So spiritual being, right? They they just know like that's that's not the move. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you this though. You can't culturally appropriate integrity. Nope. You can pay for school, but you can't buy class. Do you feel me? Speak on it. (laughs) That's real.